Well, at some point in time, one has to look back on everything and every one and notice that all things that you love eventually die horribly or get turned into unrecognizable pieces of shit that you just no longer can stomach. Now, I wouldn't say that the latter pertains to what happened to coming to America, but a complete degradation of the original's memory was at play here. Now, I will not and I cannot look at this sequel and completely disallow things that were mentioned, said, or brought up within the original Coming to America, simply because that that movie is, as far as I'm concerned, a cult classic. Um, everything about that movie was incredibly original. I love the idea of it being a story about a prince looking for true love rather than the opposition of a princess pining for it. Um, the idea and the concept of him upholding his country and whatnot, but at the same time just being un, um, basically uninterested in having someone completely serve him rather than be his equal or someone who he actually had feelings for was a heartfelt sentiment that I actually really, really enjoyed with the first Coming to America movie. Now, the thing about the sequel of Coming to America is that a lot of the things that are stated within the sequel tend to put a negative aspect on certain characteristics and certain things that happen within the first one in order to make their story have certain moments or certain things like that that popped up. Um, just certain moments or certain jokes or certain little quirky aspects in the character. Um, and in order for those things to prosper, they had to essentially take little chips here and there at the original. Now, I can understand the notion of, well, it's been established, but essentially this is kind of the thing that's really, for the most part, being a major factor when um, equating towards a sequel or having something um, pop up as a sequel and whatnot. Uh, case in point, Last of Us Part Two, um, essentially having characters do things that may seem uncharacteristic in the long run holds no um, holds no real energy or, or holds no real power, if I will, in terms of, well, that's uncharacteristic because essentially it has been established. This character did the thing, so then it means that they were in all likelihood capable of always doing said thing, even though, depending on what you've seen previously, would dictate and determine they would never do this thing. But since it's been established, you cannot go away from that. Um, and that's just a video game. But um, movies have done this frequently like crazy. Um, the new um, Godzilla vs. King Kong movie is going to do this a bunch of times. 
I can already predict that they're going to have multiple moments of Kong and Godzilla having run-ins, even though previously they've never mentioned these run-ins within other movies. But once they establish that this is something that has happened, rather than whether or not it has ever happened, it's been established, therefore it's, it's law. This movie, Coming to America, the sequel, um, runs on this notion. It literally is powered by it. The concept of, well, we're establishing it in this sequel, therefore it is law. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You cannot work away. You cannot work around it. You cannot deviate from it. We established it. That's it. And having that notion ultimately sours a lot of the originality or a lot of the charm that came from the first Coming to America, as well as tries to push in a lot of wrongdoings, in my opinion. Um, so let's break down exactly uh, the Coming to America sequel. And believe me, this hurts me way more than it'll hurt you. Um, he said with extreme, um, with extreme relish. In the sequel to Coming to America 2, it is essentially revealed that it is, um, it starts off with the anniversary of the um, mother and father, King King Joffrey of Zamunda, I mean, well, Prince Joffrey of Zamunda and his wife, and um, essentially it kind of, it kind of leads up to the inevitable um notion which he is told that his father is dying and he wishes to see him and to explain some important business um who is james Earl jones who's still bedridden and sick uh oh and before i get into anything else even though i'm speaking in a somber tone i thought this movie was funny it did have a lot of moments in which i laughed hysterically i thought it was funny it had wonderful charm wonderful um, things going on in the movie. But the movie itself had way too many moments of trying to push, not agendas, but whack-ass story elements. Just straight-up whack story elements. Cliché, boring, derivative, dumb story elements that honestly don't seem like they should have been present within the confines of the character's um, within this story. That's all. Like, that's, that's a major, major problem. Um, and now let's not forget that this is a sequel and the character that Eddie Murphy played within the original one was an incredibly open-minded, very forthcoming and, um, and someone who relied heavily on his emotions to dictate a lot of the things that he did, but at the same time was not a coward, was not a punk, was not um, was never questioning his actions, but always had a clear, direct line that he wanted to um, establish. We got a lot of this from just how they initially showcased everything that he did. He would walk and rose petals would go in front of him, and then he still had the mindset of whether or not rose petals come at my feet, I'm still a prince. Does it change anything? Why are we doing this? It seems like a, a not a necessity. 
<laughs> so it you got a lot from his character within that movie. And this sequel had nothing but plans to chip away and nitpick and as well as uh, diminish a lot of his characteristics within the sequel. Now, this is a common thing when it comes to sequels that try to push um, weird, uh, see, I don't want to use the word agenda, um, but just within certain movies of now, today's standards, this is a common theme where it is better and a hell of a lot easier to nitpick and um, degrade uh, a like main character rather than it is to just take that same character, put him in a different situation, and then watch that character get out of that situation. It's a hell of a lot easier to break them down and then build them back up so they can learn a lesson that they've already learned before because God forbid that they actually would retain and continue to be intelligent and just keep the same, you know, mindset or opinions and whatnot. Um, so one of the things that this movie uh, did in the very beginning is that it showcased him training with his daughters and then he loses. Um, now, this is, now, there's a lot of callbacks to the original um, Coming to America movie. Now, this is okay, but considering the fact that um, I personally thought that the movie itself, they had enough merit as well as the creativity in a lot of the newer jokes and a lot of the new um, cast choices and um, a lot of the things that they were doing, it seemed like they didn't need to rely on a lot of the callbacks to the previous movies. It's cool that they did it, but they didn't need to do that. This is Now, this is another problem that movies tend to have nowadays where they assume that just because something is a sequel or it's based off of something that's incredibly, or not incredibly old, but just something that came out a long time ago, that they need to constantly um, showcase and have people remember, oh yes, this was in the original, or this was in the original, or this was in the original, rather than it being something that just lets you go, hey, this is a sequel to the original. It has its own merit, its own lifeblood, it, it, it can carry its own weight. You know, you might have a lot of nods and um, callbacks to the original movie, but at the same time, it does not need to be heavily um, dependent on these things. Coming to America, the sequel, is heavily dependent on these callbacks. It doesn't need them. And in the long run of everything that was happening, it definitely did not have to show it. But it did in hopes of just getting that little nod of, hey, remember this from the first one, remember that from the first one, remember this from the first one. And they're nice and they're well done, but it's not a necessity. And considering the fact that if the movie itself wanted to do that, then I feel like the movie should have had more fun with itself. They should have opened themselves up to allow for way more jokes than a lot of the serious tone stuff. They didn't need to have the same overarching plot that they had from the first movie in order for it to be majority just a huge callback to the first movie. Uh, this is something that the Dumb and Dumber movie um, almost did, but the Dumb and Dumber movie, um, the, the sequel, um, if you've ever seen it, did fantastic in, one, disproving the prequel Dumb and Dumber movie, which was established without the um, without Jim Carrey or um, Jeff Daniels. Um, but at the same time, it also was able to do small, minuscule callbacks to certain conversations, like essentially um, um, 
one conversation that's had within the first Dumb and Dumber movie becomes the the overall plot within the sequel. And that was very well done. But at the same time, the movie itself had them interact and do different and sillier things without needing to um, constantly call back to the original movie. It's a sequel. It's a sequel that was meant for the fun, for the fans, so it doesn't need to be heavily reliant on constantly looking back and going, hey, remember this character, remember these characters, remember doing that, remember doing this. And that's actually why I appreciated and I liked the sequel to Dumb and Dumber. It was its own movie. It was something that fans could look at and still laugh at without it constantly just shoving in your face. We came out such a long time ago. Remember these jokes from such a long time ago? Which doesn't even work well if you recently seen the movie. So if you happen to have watched Coming to America right before you watched the sequel, you would have got annoyed with the constant callbacks or the constant um, bringing backs of jokes and whatnot. While as some of them were really funny, but a lot of them were not necessary, um, which is which is something that I ultimately had a huge problem with. Um, now, the uh, now the 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 issue with him losing his um, match against his daughters in the very beginning. There's no problem with that, showcasing that. Um, Eddie Murphy's character is now getting older, making way for the new generation. Fine. Um, symbolism in small doses is fine. Um, I would like to equate the fact that he they cheated. They jumped him, you know? And I, I don't know if you've ever been in the streets before, but it doesn't matter how well you can fight, a jump is a jump. Um, so <laughs> that's just, those are just, that's the street rules. But I, I, I digest. Um digest i digress my bad <laughs> i misspoke um the now the movie itself major plot line kicks off with the fact of um wesley snipes character is actually a general who is the brother of the original wife from the very first coming to america movie hilarious um they actually showed her hilarious she was still hopping on one leg and barking hilarious the fact that essentially those that they're from two other like that she's that they're actually from another rival nation which needs to open up trade or use zamunda in what way or shape or form and their places were essentially supposed to come together based off of um you know because of eddie murphy's marriage to his sister fantastic cool you're under the um, assumption from the first movie that essentially the general and um, his daughter are in the Zamunda military. So it's just whatever, considering that she was trained since birth to be his wife. So it's whatever. But um, the fact that they added that in with Wesley Snipes, fantastic. So Wesley Snipes then is introducing his son. Um, well, he then gives you the opportunity to introduce his son as well as um, the fact that Eddie Murphy doesn't have a son, so his daughter can marry his son. But the son comes in, looks like a clown or whatever. We're a quick little hot second in there, throwing him away. And then it's the opportunity to marry to his daughter, but he does not have a son, so they mock him for that, and then they leave. So they, Eddie Murphy has to come to some type of decision. Otherwise, Wesley Snipes will be forced to 
wage war against his country simply because of the fact that they um they 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 need the resources that his country has so he's not he's not afraid for not like waging war against them so that's established you're then showcased that um or we have then shown james l jones character who is the father dying and which he lets eddie murphy know he has another son and that when he was in america the first time one of the nights when they were out looking for women he was essentially drugged by leslie jones's character and <laughs> and raped uh, mind you uh, <laughs> uh against his will and which she actually got birth and sired a son um and it was against his knowledge and semi james l jones character semi who's um uh was an arsenio hall's character james l jones's character and um semi's father all knew but they refused they just did not tell eddie murphy they assumed that he eventually would have a son so then it would not be necessary for them to ever tell him that he had a son but that was never the case so now they are now this is when things get weird. The concept of Eddie Murphy finding out that he has a son um, when he started to attack James L. Jones is hilarious. Um, James L. Jones's character being like that he just can't stand Simi, and then even Simi's father being like he should die because like they just can't stand him. Um, uh, hilarious. But um, the concept of Eddie Murphy's character now again going back from the regal persona that he's always had that has been showcased since the first coming to America, the idea that he would be questionable in terms of contacting his son or even approaching um, his son or having just the, just the notion of letting things, letting sleeping dogs lie, considering the fact that, well, he has his daughters now and his wife, they most likely probably wouldn't approve. So, among anything else, that, those should be the major concerns first. But then they have him reach the conclusion of the least he can do for the boy is meet him or see him. Whether or not he even is willing to come and claim his birthright is up is ultimately up to him. Now again, this is where things got weird. Siri, like, just on the whole notion of a kingdom and whatnot, the fact that the son was kept away from him for so long is appalling. It's something that is ridiculous. Um, the James Earl Jones character, as well as Arsenio Hall's character, would even do to Eddie Murphy for such a elongated period of time. But also the fact of what is later introduced, which is that because he has a son, the son will then take over the throne, or by right should take over the throne, is then held in opposition because his daughter has been training to take over the throne. We are told this. We are never shown that she has any qualifications or the rights to actually take over the throne. We are just told that she has been. Um, considering the fact that Eddie Murphy's character in the first original one was just dead set on becoming was like it, it was predetermined and predestined that he was going to become king and then he had no brothers or sisters so it was just you know a, a dead header that yes he's going to become king while as it's established in this movie that his daughter does not have the right to become king because she is a woman this is where that cliche crap comes into play 
This is an overused storyline, and then considering how open-minded Eddie Murphy's character is, as well as the um, his wife from being from Queens, New York, and regardless of how Zamunda politics really are, if he hasn't had a if he hasn't had a son since, it seems like they would have already changed the law to establish that the daughter would become king. But if they did not because of the fact that James Earl Jones knew that he had a son somewhere else, so there's no reason to change the law from that notion, then, again, it should not be that big of a surprise to the family that if he does have a son, who is technically his true firstborn, that by in all accounts and all rights, he should have a claim, to, he should get thrown before, uh, I'm a tongue is slurring, is slurring. he should get to the throne first. I understand the notion of that she was trained. She was, she's feeling it's important. She's, she wants the opportunity to prove that she could be a ruler if you just give her the chance. Again, we are told these things, which is another thing that I hate about this movie. We are not shown anything. We're just told she's been training her whole life to do it. All you see her do is flip around a stick a bunch of times, but that means politics for some reason. We are told that she cares for the people. If that was true, then the movie should have had a subplot of her juggling over the idea of marrying Wesley Snipes' son, whom she doesn't want to marry because it would be good for the um for the country of Zamunda. And then it just be something that Eddie Murphy ultimately disagrees with, but she herself is like, it's for the good of the people, it should not matter. But these things are never brought up. All that we get is the fact that Eddie Murphy is going to get a son who by birthright should become the king, but everyone is just against it because he's not the oldest daughter who we are told is serious about becoming queen, even though it's against the law. Now, again, this is the same, that's, it's similar to the same damn plot line of Aladdin, when you think about it, because in Aladdin, at the very end, it's, it's the same notion that with all of these um, royalty pictures that have this whole little female angst um, against them choosing their own path or making decisions when they're um, women being in royalty and whatnot, you have the English monarchy, which had queens rule it for years, and there was no problem. Hell, even in a monarchy society, when a fem when there's only a female born, and then she becomes the leader of the country, you you still recognize her as queen. Whether or not that's the rules of Zamunda, they're in a modern age where those rules will still transcend to that country as well, because that's literally what the monarchy rule did to other countries. That's why those rules were established. And it's like, well, what if there's a female who's born and then the king isn't willing to relinquish the power to some random dude but wants to keep it within the bloodline, regardless of if he doesn't have a son or not? Well, that girl is left to be the queen, period. And I was like, well, what about a king? What if she marries someone else later on? Won't they become king? That's not how monarchies work, actually. If you look into actually how it's done, a lot of them do things like, Prince Regent or um, King Regent, or you can have um, a Prince Consort, um, where essentially it's like, yes, I am married to this person, but they do not have the same rank or rights as a king. But our children shall be recognized as the next rulers after we pass. 
these are these are things. <laughs> these are things. How a queen um, father can be recognized as king regent if the king was to pass. These are things. <laughs> and I was like, because these situations have happened in the real world all the time. So they had to make up some rules for them. Um, so the fact that Zamunda is still working as if this is, as this, no, I'm being sorry again, as if this is some goddamn backwards middle age, um, like um, <laughs> middle aged country or whatnot, makes no sense. Especially considering the intelligence. Um, and just the determination that someone like Eddie Murphy has. So realistically, the opposition in the movie should have just been the fact of relinquishing the title of firstborn and all the duties that come with it, rather than it being that he's just not been properly trained, so it should not go to him. When there's been plenty of movies and plenty of concepts and plenty of stories, as well as plenty of actual real-life events, where by birthright, someone who is supposed to get the job, should get the job. It's unfair to cast this guy off simply because he was not raised in Zamunda when realistically the mother was raised in Zamunda and she became queen and she only knew Eddie Murphy for just a little bit of time but some reason like, you know, that's enough that you need to get married. But, um, and then also because of the fact that just because we haven't seen what he's capable of doing or we haven't trained him properly means that we should completely just write him off or cast him off simply because he was not here from the get-go when I decided that I really wanted the job. So... That is something that I immediately had a dismissal of in the movie because it is a plot line that has been shown more times than anyone can count. But at the same time, it's not something that at this day and age I would look at and get an inspirational thought behind considering the characters who they're doing this story about. If this was some random ass um, country with some random characters doing this for the first time, sure, you have my undivided attention in believing that, yeah, there are rules and they're not willing to deviate from these rules, blah, blah, blah. But we're dealing with Eddie Murphy, the same character from the first coming to America, who, even though he had like a, a statement that I always hold wholeheartedly when I kept watching this movie and thinking back to his actions, was when he was speaking with um, the girl who he eventually married, I cannot remember her name, um, is that she said it just she's like there's just something about you you always have this regal look about you like you're above everything that you that's going on around you like even though you're mopping the floors taking out trash you just have this air about you that you're just someone of importance and then he had to laugh and change the subject off because that's who he is that's what he was he wasn't someone who was trifled with minor small difficulties or he sat there and let things like um uh different viewpoints or um bigotry get him down just because of the fact that he spoke with an accent or he didn't understand everything that was going on in america and it's like he had a set goal he was willing to accomplish it and regardless of everything that was going on he still wanted to do it now, the other thing is, is that at the end of coming to America, because of everything that happened, he was willing to renounce his title to be with Lisa. I believe her name was Lisa to be with her. And this was something that she told him that he shouldn't do. And she assumed she felt like he was lying to her and that he was just 
making fun of her and whatnot, but he was deadly set on marrying her. But she, at that point, didn't want to marry him. And so then at the end, when it's revealed, he was still going to get married. He didn't know whom he was marrying at the end of Coming to America. He was still going to get married because, let's not forget, he had to marry somebody. Well, he was going to marry somebody, and it was going to be for... Um, the, the good of the country or whatever, but he essentially had to marry somebody. And at the end, it's revealed to be Lisa, in which they lived happily ever after until this movie came out. But yeah, so to take away the guy who wasn't afraid to attack an, um, a crazed gunman in the middle of a damn uh, McDowell's <laughs> or um, anything like that is just... And, um, you know, to just to have that um, the air of superiority, not air of superiority, I'm, I'm speaking, no, that's that's a wrong way of stating it, but just the, the regal identity that he carried with himself, um, the lack of fear during most of the incidents that happened within the first coming to America, the being the down to earthness in the sense of understanding and respecting were just small matters and things came from him giving away a whole bunch of money and not caring about it because that's the last thing on his mind he was just focused on spending a wonderful time with lisa and her getting to know him and him getting to know her was all that was truly important to him there's so much that his character does in the first movie which is why i adore it um but in this movie they just seem to strip that away from eddie murphy's character he was quick to dismiss when his daughter brought up the notion of her being trained and ready to become queen, yet there was never a law made or passed to give the opposition to that, you know, to say that she could become queen or that it'd be possible for her to become queen. There was never him understanding or being defiant towards James Earl Jones's character, even on his deathbed, when, um, you know, when the idea of then him keeping his son a secret or believing that he was incredibly weak because he wasn't as... Um, uh, because he wasn't as ruthless as James Earl Jones's character was, things that we weren't proven in the first movie, but essentially are established in this movie, and you have no other choice but to agree to it or adhere to it, um, is is very appalling. But at the same time, it's like hey, they did it to make the plot line go, but I don't like it. So they they just had multiple moments and things like that that just stripped away a lot from Eddie Murphy's character in order to degradate him and at the same time to have the storyline move on but it's just different things that weren't necessary and considering the fact of the things that he did in the first movie I understand why these would be callbacks that now would be a negative oh he was spoiled but the first movie showcased everything of just and it was like that he was just a prince. He was just like his face is printed on money. But now it's the concept of that those actions weren't the actions of a ruler and um, what his family would be um, uh, accustomed to, but instead the actions of a father spoiling his child. Um, him walking around in rose petals being everywhere, him being trained in martial arts or having excellent tutelage and different subjects of study and things like that all of these things are things to coddle a boy rather than be prepared for the ruthlessness of war and things like that rather we have not seen or been showcased the opposition that he hasn't been 
given these things, that he hasn't been taught by his father how to be a wonderful ruler. We haven't seen him be a bad ruler. We have never given the notion or the con or just some type of suggestion that he would be a bad ruler. The fact that his people was just so adamant and gathering around for his marriage, regardless of the fact that it was with a regular American girl out of nowhere that wasn't who he was originally promised to, should speak volumes as to how they approach his character in this movie. But no, it was just quick to to take away rather than to give. So rather than making it to be where Eddie Murphy was essentially just this really good prince and then everyone's expecting to be a really good king and then his kids just have a big shadow to live up to or um you know they have this notion of living in this world of eddie murphy telling them what to do but they actually don't want to live that way and eddie murphy's kind of not grasping the concept of them not wanting the freedom that he essentially always yearned for but instead wanting the structure that he detested Something like that to be far more of an interesting story or concept for them to be far more like for him to see far more of um, James Earl Jones's character within his kids rather than himself or his wife within his kids. And that'd be a problem for Eddie Murphy, especially upon the crux of becoming king soon because James Earl Jones is about to pass away. So he's trying to bond more with his children to get them to understand more about the people are more of a necessity than the lifestyle of royalty that we normally have. Things like this would have made, like, I believe would have been a very interesting concept for the movie. And I get that they didn't want this sequel to be a sequel or to be better than the original or anything like that. But I just feel that that's a lazy excuse for just never, for not living up to something that ultimately didn't ask or need a sequel in the first place. And if you're going to make a sequel of something, then do it right. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it. When you do that, then what you do comes across as lazy. It comes across as kind of ill-prepared or ill-equipped. And you ultimately have moments where you kind of disillusion your audience into seeing a character kind of be put in a negative aspect rather than a positive aspect when ultimately that character should have been left alone because they've had more than enough time to grow and learn and do things but essentially you kind of have your story reteach them the same lesson that they themselves already came to the conclusion of in the beginning of the original fucking movie in the in the beginning oh my goodness so i I understand what they were trying to do, and I understand why they did it. But if ultimately I can look at everything and go, why? Like just, just, just a, a why and a what? Then you kind of failed. And this movie again has a lot of merit and a lot of good parts, but ultimately, it failed. It's not something that I would be worth buying. It's, it's not something that's worth buying. It's not something that I believe should even have been attempted if it was going to approach everything that it was doing in such a lazy manner. And I find that incredibly depressing because the movie itself had a hell of a lot of merit. James Earl Jones's character itself was fucking hilarious. Having him be this eccentric old man now was hilarious. And if that was just more of the movie, that would have been funny as shit. Especially if you used to have him die like halfway through the movie. 
he got to know the son and speak and talk like he gets to know the grandson, speak and talk with him and just get to see that, you know, even though Eddie Murphy has doubts of him becoming a prince, James Earl Jones believes that he actually can do it and that he's on his way. And then that leads up to him ultimately dying. There could have been better ways of tackling the things that they did, but they they didn't. They didn't do it. But hell, um, James Earl Jones sitting there going, I want to see my funeral now. <laughs> and then them doing his funeral while he's sitting in his casket watching everyone at his funeral. That was one of the funniest things ever. And then getting Morgan Friedman to speak, <laughs> to be the speaker for his funeral. <laughs> and then just looking at Eddie Murphy when everything came to a head and was like, I'm dying. And he just died. And that was one of the funniest things. I was like, that that was hilariously heartwarming and funny and just nice. It was a nice way to send off his character. And I appreciate and I thought that was fantastic. Um, and again, it just, hell, you didn't see James O. Jones interact with any of the grandchildren. You didn't see the children really do anything outside of just kind of be in opposition to everything Eddie Murphy was making up or just in some type of odd interaction with the brother after they brought him on um, throughout the movie. Nothing to really signify or justify the notion which is brought up later in the movie that he's just going to leave his sisters. He's going to like act like they're not, they don't need their brother or anything like that. And it's like, if they would have did things that would showcase rather than him spending time that they did spend with each other, which was more so just of studying, um, but instead showed him getting to know them, like doing things with them, laughing and joking with them, being a family. I would have been more inclined to have liked that notion of just, he he's, he's just going to up and leave his little sisters. And it was like, after all of this, and then him being like, yeah, no, nah, that's actually one of the things that's heart-wrenching for me is leaving them. But we didn't get that. We, we got a lot of talking in this movie that made absolutely no sense or essentially tried to um, equate to a greater understanding of overall character dynamics rather than actually being shown things like that that would have done a hell of a lot for character dynamics. I would have loved if they, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you can, it's a movie, you know, you can show me a lot more than you can tell me. And this movie tended to tell you a lot more than it showed you. Hell, there's even a huge segment where they literally do an entire flashback to the first movie. And again, like I said, if you recently watched the first movie, I understand why someone who made this movie didn't think, you know, people got um, DVDs. You can watch this shit online anytime you want. You don't need to do a recap in a movie. That's idiotic. But they did it anyway. They had a character legit do a recap of the first coming to America within the sequel and they just showcase different scenes and snippets of the first movie within said flashback which then we got references to later or or prior in the movie really backward shit some backward shit um most of the wise intelligent characters within this movie were women all of the dummies were men um and again, I didn't say all of the dummies weren't women. I just said all the dummies were men. There were no wise men within this character. Everyone's either eccentric or crazy. Um, they're, there's either they're, in, they're stupid, eccentric, or crazy um, when it came to them being men. 
Um, Tracy Morgan's character absolutely had no purpose whatsoever. He was brought into the movie at one point in time where it seemed like the son was kind of the son was kind of making up a decision for himself in terms of him being prince on his own accord rather than being told how he should be a prince. But the introduction of Tracy Morgan because of that made absolutely no sense. There was there's no reason for that. If anything, it just should have been the prince just establishing or bringing up to Eddie Murphy attention that, hey, I'm going to do things my way. I don't need you to tell me how to do things your way, which, again, would have been a fantastic notion because that would have been something that would have been um, a nice thing to do and against Eddie Murphy's character. Um, considering that most of the stuff were like trials and things like that. And he's like, well, it was always that we approached these traditional trials this way. And they're just trials that we do in order to accomplish it, you do this. But because the son was thinking out of the box and he wasn't trained since birth to accomplish these trials, his way of doing it were different. And so it was something that would make Eddie Murphy kind of proud of. You know, he would be like, hey, you know, he's got he's got the goods to be a, a, a prince, you know, and it's like he can and it's like once he's prince and once we name him as prince, I can teach him to be king like how I was taught to be king. Any of these things could have been said and it would have made for a fantastic um, movie and everything like that. Having the sister take a back seat to the notion of going, hey, you are first. And unlike me, you didn't get to be raised by this man whom you're starting to see and adore as your father. And I feel bad for that. So, you know, and it was like, why don't I help you out? But it's like, it's kind of like a... a statement that was made and she just like hey you're right i'm not treating you fairly i'm just judging you and that's not right and it's like that's all that they did with that but i was like they could have did more with their character um but they did it was just like hey yeah you're right i'm I'm sorry for being kind of a little mean i'm sorry for being mean a little bit and it was like all right cool but it's like yeah you could have did more with this character you could have did the understanding of the aspect of the fact that like hey you might have been training for this but it's technically not your birthright so go do something else. They could have had it to where she had other aspirations and other dreams, but because she was the firstborn, she was ready and willing and able to become the, the queen. Like she's been training to become queen, but ultimately she had other interests and it could have been revealed that Eddie Murphy too had other interests, but he put the will of the people before his own. They could have did that. Um, anything else. <laughs> they could have had it to where the son originally had his own um, ideals and whatnot, but they didn't do that. Oh, and now they keep saying his name. I'm not even, I haven't even broken it down. Getting to the son, um, one of the worst designed characters within this damn movie. Um, the son is a character who literally has like four different personalities, um, throughout the entire movie. And they're incredibly annoying. Every single one of them. At one point in time, he's introduced as a kid who just needs a shot. He just needs this opportunity to do the right thing to make money the right way he never really has gotten a shot but he's more than prepared and more than ready to be able to do it when he's going in for the job interview and you got tracy morgan there being an ignorant uncle um because that's what he is he then states out loud that he's his uncle which is not necessary he could have had the son say unk or something like that and that's all that would have been enough but you had tracy morgan literally explained his role in the kids like hey man i'm your uncle i've been there for you since you was a baby all right because that's how people talk normally you know i have to bring up my entire history with you in order for you to understand the significance whenever i speak with you um bad writing on that part 
Um, but you didn't have him go, I'm tired of scalping tickets. I'm tired of making money the sleazy way. I'm tired of doing all this. I want an honest job to make an honest living so I can make something to myself because I've always wanted to make something to myself. And so you have him have that and he has a normal conversation with Tracy Morgan. And then he goes in for the job interview, in which case the interviewer starts to upset him simply because of the fact that he's making judgments on his livelihood just because of the fact that he's had certain problems or certain hardships that come with him that come in life and that the employer can't understand because essentially he's white and he's privileged. So I didn't take that notion as a bad white man scene. I just took that notion as over the privilege over the non-privilege, which I wanted to add to Eddie Murphy's son to the son's character to where it would be that he would understand the downtrodden way more than the sisters did because the sisters were handed everything on a silver platter much like Eddie Murphy's character. But now you have someone who essentially has been poor, has been downtrodden, who probably they could have had walking around the street, the streets of Zamunda and then him pointing out and questioning, why haven't they done this? Why haven't they done that? Don't you know people do this or people do that where I'm from? And the best way to go around that is to do this and do that. You can cheaply get this type of food from here than you could from there. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't do that. So, then you have him talk with the employer and then him kind of going off on the employer and the fact that he was like, well, you was able, and it was like, the employer's like, well, you weren't able to finish college is because you like, you didn't have a father. I read that not having a father like really messes with you people, you know? And it was like, well, um, I um, didn't see my parents for like a couple of weeks. And so like that kind of, I think I kind of know where you're coming from. And then it immediately pissed off the son and then the son got to go, um, like, went off on him. And he was like, you know, like, you were handed everything. And he was like, I wasn't. Like, I, I he was like, yeah, well, like, did you graduate college because you were actually good at it? Or because, like, your father donated money or a building to the college? And he was like, well, my father did donate a building, but I, I graduated college. And so then he was like, you know what, forget you and forget this job and everything. Showcasing that the son has morals, has um, his own standard and his own way of doing things. And he doesn't like being judged whenever he's, um, he doesn't like being judged. Uh, and then considering that this movie itself just has multiple incidents where incidents where that happens, it kind of puts it more of a, of a sham realistically when you kind of only have him call out the older sister on it one time and not so many other people and so many other characters, um, when it is done to him. So very weird, um, very weird. But um, then you have, uh, but that, that again, this is where the weird thing is, is that his personalities kind of just go all over the place. So you have him speaking in a normal tone and normal um, dialect one way. And then later you have him talking with a string of vernacular. Um, I'm sorry, I like using that word vernacular. I heard it on Three Stooges and it just never left me. Um, but uh, he'd be talking with different slang. Uh, and then there's just, random incidents when he does it so he'd be like yeah i mean like he'll just talk like he'll he'll talk with some crazy ass slang one minute but then when the situation in this um dialogue requires him to talk um in a more dramatic setting then he'll speak with um 
impunity and just just perfect pitch dialect and he's able to carry his words effortlessly but then when it comes to him being ignorant or acting stupid or acting as if like he could care less about what's going on to, to you know i'm just i'm just happy living the highlight son man y'all to me and it's like like walking with a cane and whatnot and you're like you know you know my uncle's here to help me out I right? and it's like you weren't speaking like this before just a couple of minutes ago you were not talking like this and if you know anything about slang, is that when people speak slang, especially if they're from an area that requires them to speak in a particular slang for an elongated period of time, they don't tend to change up how they speak that quickly. <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's a damn near an it's yeah, it's an accent, really. So having him kind of go through the motions in his speech pattern was very annoying um, when you when it came to watching this movie. Um Ultimately, there was just so many different moments where his personality was just like, oh, I can't do this, or I just need a shot, or how come everyone's de um, depending on me, or how come you want me to do all this, but that's not what I wanted to do. But then it's, I don't know what I want to do, but maybe this might be it, or I just want to get this my way, not your way. Just so many different personality traits that just absolutely made no goddamn sense. And then he was supposed to be a 30-year-old man, but they had him act as if he was a 19-year-old boy. And those were very weird. It was a very weird concept um, for me with that. Uh, just, just to have that be um, the overall consensus when it came to his personality trait. Hell, there was even the there was even the joke that comes from the original movie where they have bathers. And so then he was waking up when his first day in being in Zamunda, and then there are three women there ready to bathe him. And then he's questioning the fact that like, he's going to be butt naked with a bunch of these, these beautiful women and they're going to bathe him. And then he's like, cool, cool. So then he immediately walks out and then calls for his mom. A again, he's supposed to be fucking 30. I don't, but this was, it was used as a setup to have, a callback to the joke from the original, um, the original movie in which Eddie Murphy was getting bathed, and then a woman rises up from the water and she goes, "The royal penis is clean, your highness." Funny joke. So then you have a guy comes up from the water from Leslie um, Jones's character, his mom, and then they're like, uh, "The vagina is clean," and she is like, "I give it one more once over." So him coming into her him coming to her and she was in the bath saying that it's okay just indulging this stuff you know we we dealing with these people you don't want to set them and everything just to set up her the joke with her is that she's in the bath with a guy washing her it it's like i get it but that could have been done better to where you don't make his character look like a little bitch. <laughs> that's that's all they, they could have did. Could have shown him walking to the bath and then you see him walk past and he see Leslie in her bath and then she'd be like, That's all right, baby. They're like, you just they're like, Don't worry, baby, you'll be alright, you'll be alright. And then like the guy comes up or something like that. I would have preferred if they had Leslie kind of stay with the um, and Leslie Jones was was oh, was great in this movie. Um well won't say that she wasn't. She was very funny in this movie, and I thought that was a breath of fresh air, realistically. Being a brand new character and then 
interacting with these already well-known pre-established characters and then being funny was hilarious. Tracy Morgan, on the other hand, was, again, unnecessary. He was kind of there, but he didn't need to be. Um, so, but Leslie um, Leslie Jones actually was, was really funny. Um, and then having her be someone who was in opposition to Lisa, which should have been fleshed out a hell of a lot more within the movie, but they didn't. As well as, like, essentially Lisa looking at her as the woman who wrecked her perfect life. You know, she slept with her man before she got to him. And she got pregnant and had a son. Something she wasn't able to actually give him. Um, The fact that Leslie Jones is incredibly ignorant, outlandish, wow, speaking her mind. While Lisa has, for years, gave herself this regal persona of being a queen. She holds herself up to a higher standard now. Over the years, she's had to. And Leslie just coming in and do her own wild thing. And then Lisa's just kind of envious of that. They could have fleshed that out. But you literally only have like a few interactions with them all talking together. And again, really sad. Really, really, really sad. Um, but uh, it would have, it seemed like the movie itself could have benefited if Leslie was far more of the ignorant person. While the son was far more toned down and relaxed but at the same time just loved and appreciated his mother because she was the one who helped raise him she was the one who cared for him and everything and it's like he's not that trusting of Eddie Murphy's character who wasn't there for him but at the same time he's not ashamed of his mom for who she is but he himself understands her actions he's okay with it but he still holds himself up to a higher standard whenever he speaks, when he talks, or when he does things. Essentially, it could have been something that Eddie Murphy would have saw and was like, you have the demeanor of someone who can be royalty. And the fact that you've struggled most of your life should help you come with this decision of not just living a lavish lifestyle, but being able to make changes that actually matter to people. Something that you always wanted to do, but you never could do. It's like I'm writing this fucking movie for itself, but god damn it, I hate when that's a, a thing. Uh, I, I hate whenever I, I get to that opposition, um, or whenever I do that when talking about a movie. Um, if you haven't guessed, this is not a review. This is kind of me just um, a retrospective, if you will. Um, but there was just so much they could have done with this movie to actually make it good. I understand the opinion in the op in like the, the the concept of oh we don't want to do this or we don't want to do that we don't want to overshadow we don't want to try to compete with and it's like no you want to do a sequel again I feel that this movie would have benefited so much more if it was just had fun with if they just approached this movie with the concept of fun we just want this movie to be funny. And to be well-loved and a, um, a nice nod to the fans to see what else these characters are capable of doing. And you just give them some new issues and new problems and bam, they, there you go. That's that's all you needed to do. Hell, they had Mr. McDowell's back. They did a funny joke with the McFlurry. And it was like, our thing is different because we put our toppings at the bottom. <laughs> and like, that was funny. But he came to him for advice near the end of the movie and then his advice was like you should think about what your mother would have said because I thought that she was the wisest out of everyone and again it just led to Eddie Murphy reaching a conclusion that essentially like he didn't even come to an idea or anything like that he still went to approach the son who then yelled at him 
And then it made Eddie Murphy go, ah, now I see. Yeah, you're just like me. And like when I did it, I did it for love and that's what you're doing. I totally get it. But that's dumb. That's incredibly dumb. That's incredibly dumb. Hell, having the sun fall for the barber, which was a fucking, like, you, you saw that coming a mile away, and it was disgusting. Um, there wasn't even no no opposition of thinking, like, oh, you know, it could be anybody, you know, that he could fall for. And it was like, no, it's the barber. Because as soon as he started talking to the barber, she was just like, may I request you do your own thing, or blah, 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 blah. I was like, she got way too many lines. And I was like, yep, she's going to be important. And then he started walking around and talking with her, and she starts bringing up politics and shit like that. And it's like, oh, my God, like, this is so on the nose. It hurts, and it's gross. This is so stupid, because it's like he's a 30-year-old man, and for some reason, it's like all it takes is just to bat your eyelashes and a quick little chat in the monetary, and it's like, I'm going to listen to your problems, and we're going to chat. But it's like, I got dreams and aspirations, and it's like, oh, my God, I love you. No, <laughs> that's not how the real world works. But the 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 people in this in these movies, that's how they work. Ugh. <laughs> it's like, ah. Hell, even Eddie Murphy's attraction to Lisa, it was because of the fact that when he first saw her, it was the idea that her whole notion and everything she was about was giving towards the children and asking people to give to the church so they can help feed the children, which was sponsored by her father. And it was like, yeah, she likes to help and do stuff and it's like she actually cares about things and again something that wasn't brought up or used within this movie which would have been a big notion with her considering the fact that she's not the type of character who lets people walk all over her hell her father was even cussing out the king on the first damn movie but it's like on this movie they're just going to be like held back by tradition and rules and whatnot and it's like the whole first movie was literally breaking away from tradition and rules and whatnot. So why is it that it's it's the same thing in this movie? Fuck. <laughs> it's like it could have been anything else. Damn. Good Lord. I really wanted that movie to be good, but it wasn't. <laughs> Hell, um, having the, and then one of the worst sins you can ever possibly do. This is the same, it's the same dumbass joke that they did on X-Men Apocalypse, and then they did it on Coming to America 2, and I was like, it just because you do this doesn't make it a good joke. But the joke is, is that you criticize sequels to movies um, within a sequel to a movie. Um, they did it on X-Men Apocalypse, but they do it on a lot of movies as well. And it's, it's a joke that I'm pretty sure screenwriters think is funny as shit, but it ain't funny, because essentially it... It don't work unless you actually do a good sequel or you have a random movie take notice of a good sequel to make that said joke. But when you do it within your own movie, which is doing the joke currently, it was like, that's, then you're, you're, you're not, then it's like, you don't see how you're fucking up, <laughs> but you dare criticize you stupid bitch. Um, and like, like the joke was like, you know, like, well, um, it was like, what does um, Zamunda got in movies? And it was like, because all American movies got are just like sequels, superhero movies and, and bad blah, 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 or whatever. And it was like, yeah, but, you know, where would we be without blah, 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 blah. And it's like, God damn it. That's such a lame joke to have in a movie. But they just keep doing it. It's not funny. It'll never be funny. It's just stupid. It's just on the nose stupid. It's like, huh? 
Huh? You're watching a sequel for a movie that's long since past due for a sequel. Huh? Huh? And it's like, fuck you film. <laughs> it's like, damn it. That's, that's, not, that's not funny. That's not a joke. And then it's like the, the royal hairdresser's dream is to open up a barber shop. You're the royal hairdresser. <laughs> it's like, isn't it's like you're paid to cut royalty hair. Why would you want a barbershop? Isn't that a downgrade? Wouldn't you get paid less because of that? But you just, I want to open a barbershop. I mean, why don't you? It's illegal for a woman to own a business. What? Why would that be a thing in this country? Why should it be a thing in this country? Zamunda is that backwards? It has always been that backwards? Why would it be this backwards? What the fuck? The forward-thinking Eddie Murphy wouldn't have sat there and made changes to those rules or those laws. I know for a fact that princes and um, princesses are capable of changing legislation within certain rules of government because they're given said power to do certain things like that. So you got the forward-thinking Eddie Murphy, you got the bountiful nation of Zamunda, has such a backwards-ass thinking plan as that women can't own businesses. And as far as we're concerned, by the end of this damn movie, that's not even established. It's not something that is. It's just we get that the sister, the older sister, is going to become queen. But so the fuck what? (laughs) It's like, why would you even have that just so that could be a thing? Hell, even the, the harshness of having the, um, the son speak to um, uh, Wesley Snipes' daughter, who was showcased to be incredibly attractive, fine, and was just like, opt. she was up for marrying this guy. But as soon as he asked her a question of what's her hopes and dreams, she had no answer, which was questionable now because she wasn't raised like the other one since birth to serve a prince. She was under the rule of Wesley Snipes as being a general and doing all that. So having her have her own type of mindset actually would have been fairly interesting. I would have liked if the movie would have did something different because no movie really does this, um, is that you have her be in this, like she doesn't care to marry him but at the same time, she sees him do the Prince trials and she's actually starting to like him. Wesley Snipes has a counter plan of taking over Zamunda still, even if the marriage does go through. And then she doesn't want that to happen. She actually starts liking the guy. Then it becomes more so convincing Wesley Snipes and Eddie Murphy to quell their differences and actually have this political marriage be a thing rather than both of their underhanded schemes that they got going on actually come out to fruition. They could have had it to where, I mean, that's kind of been done before, but you still could have had it to where um, the the prince, um, the Wesley Snipes' daughter basically had her own um, ideals, dreams, and aspirations or things like that that she wanted to accomplish, but she just kind of got swayed by the charm of um, Eddie Murphy's son, and then it became a thing where it was like, essentially, she was just up for doing whatever it is that he wanted to do, whether it be become a princess or eventually become queen or just essentially run away with him back to America. And it just became a hard decision for them to make. They could have did any of these things, but instead um, what they did, I thought was kind of backwards realistically by having her just be just like the previous lady. And she'd be like, whatever it is that you like. And he, well, what is it that you like? And it was like, whatever it is that you like. And it's like, well, 
I'm kind of now more hard to believe that she would be like this rather than the one who was trained since birth to be like this. Because who was she trained for? Nobody. So, <laughs> um, that, that's something. That's something. Uh, hell, even um, the getting rid of Wesley Snipes' character, who seemed like such a big threat, when all it boiled down to was just a fist fight between Wesley Snipes, a couple of his guards, and Eddie Murphy's daughter and Arsenio Hall, who then did a, um, a call back to a line that he said to Eddie Murphy in the beginning of the first Coming to America movie, um, was like, it, which was out of place and weird. Um, you sweat from a baboon's balls. Yeah, and it was like, all right, it was weird. But um, they did that. And it was just like they defeated him in a fist fight. And then it was like, now he's willing to talk and make deals. And then it was just, they opened up trade routes. So now he has no reason to attack their country anymore. If that was the case, why didn't Eddie Murphy do that? It seemed like that would be such a huge and easy thing to come to an agreement with. But they couldn't show Eddie Murphy do that because Eddie Murphy is an incompetent ruler. They had to show the daughter do that because the daughter must be competent. Because this movie, like I said... All of the dumb people are guys. All the smart people are women. All the smart, wise people are women. Ah, good Lord. Again, this movie was such a disappointment, and I did not want it to be a disappointment, but it was such a disappointment. Uh, I'm talking about the... But damn it all. It's just like, man, they just if they would have just had fun with this movie like they do in certain parts, there's clearly... A lot of parts in this movie where they're just having fun. Eddie Murphy attacking Arsenio Hall. And you got James Earl Jones screaming out, kill him, kill him. That's it, kill him. <laughs> um, uh, when when Wesley Snipes is first introduced, hilarious. Hell, I wish they would have had more intricate dance numbers like they did in the beginning of um, uh, Coming to America. They could have had um, way more... Uh, Jesus Christ, you had Louis fucking Anderson in the goddamn movie. Could have had more Louis Anderson in the damn movie. God damn it. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't give a fuck what it is that you got um, a chip on your shoulder in terms of like talking about the star power in this fucking movie. Louis Anderson is a G. All right. I grew up with the cartoon Louis. All right. I like Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson has always been funny to me. He was. He's the guy that I saw on Family Feud first, before Steve Harvey. So, yeah, excuse me if I don't say I like Louis Anderson. I've never had a problem with Louis Anderson. Hell, the man knew um, fucking uh, Ronnie Dangerfield, for God's sakes. Damn it, they should have utilized Louis Anderson some more. (laughs) I wanted more Louis. Fuck. But it's like this movie had so much potential and it's like if they just would have had fun with it, and then considering, and then like considering that the Dolomite movie, which came out prior to this, was actually really good and a very funny movie. I thought that they would have um, approached this movie with that same panache, um, because the Dolomite movie just it hits the mark a lot in certain parts and it's just incredibly funny and very entertaining and i just thought like they were going to approach this movie with that same concept but just with a much bigger budget because it's the sequel to come into fucking america and the biggest sin that this movie has to date is the fact that this should not have been called coming to america it should have been called coming to africa or coming to zamunda it would have made a hell of a lot more sense to say that as well as the fact that it is a goddamn sequel. So being like coming back to Zamunda or, you know, or um, 
yeah, coming back to Zamunda or coming back to Africa, something like that. That seems racist now that I say it out loud. But again, it would have been the opt thing to do, considering that this whole movie's plot revolves around going to America to get his son to bring back to Zamunda, in which the movie takes a majority place in. Most of the, the entire movie is in Zamunda. They're only in America for just a few short little snippets. And so I don't understand the fact that they would name it Coming to America just for the sequel little name. And then it's just Coming to America. So instead of T.O., it's the number two. And it's like, that just seems lazy. But again, that's the approach to this entire fucking movie is lazy. Damn it. It's like, I don't understand how you fuck up on that aspect. And I was like, where does this movie mostly take place? Well, it's supposed to mostly takes place in Africa, in the Zamunda country or whatever. They don't call it coming to Africa, or, or coming back to Africa, or coming back to Zamunda. Some, something like that. People would know that this is the sequel to Coming to America. So that wouldn't be that hard. They wouldn't be that hard pressed to, like, find this movie or understand that it's a sequel. We're in the digital age now. People aren't stupid. But they... I don't, I just I don't understand how how they fucked up on that aspect because again the movie is not in America, uh, not like the first one, not at all like the first one. But hey, whatever. So with that, that was my thoughts on the um, coming to America movie. I really wanted it to be good, but. Again, like I said in the beginning, everything that I like got to get shit on and die. So, this was no exception. This movie was incredibly... It was funny in certain places, and it was okay. But it's nothing to... Nothing that warrants um, buying it or, um, you know... I, I would I would barely say re-watching it, but... I would be more inclined to watch it again, but give it the Tyler Perry um, play treatment in which you, um, well, Tyler Perry movie treatment, really, where you fast forward all the bullshit to get to the funny parts. Um, that's kind of all that this movie deserves, sad to say. Um, it was a sequel that had merit. It had potential. There's plenty of fun to be had, and if anyone's a fan of the original Coming to America series, it's worth the watch. It's definitely worth the watch, but it ain't worth what you give for it. It ain't worth, you know, it ain't, it ain't worth a fuck to be given, if you will. Uh, if I was to rate this movie, um, possibly like a, it's like a, well, I want it to be not not super low, but like yeah, if I was if I was rated out of ten. I'll possibly give it um, 4.5 out of 10. Possibly. Really, like, with the cliche storyline, the lame plot, the too many callbacks to the original movie, it's funny, but it ain't nothing good. Um, actually, nah, probably 5. I'll give it, a, give it a nice little half out of 10. Uh, if I had to do stars, it'd be 3 or 2. 2.5, 2.5 stars out of 5, <laughs> but, yeah, it just, it really was a huge disappointment, and I'm sad to say that, but ultimately, that's what it was. Realistically, 
I, I hope Eddie Murphy does more movies that essentially he brings the comedy that they did have within this movie, the fresh comedy. Um, like they bring that to action big time. Um, but yeah, only time will tell. So this has been Daniel the Flame. I've been your host. No, this has been Fun with Flame. I've been your host, Daniel the Flame. I always get that mixed up when I ramble on for a long time. Um, as always, good people, I hope you had fun.